Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. Today, it is a solo podcast with just me, Ange, and we're diving into all things human design and parenting. And really, today's episode is designed to give you practical suggestions on how you can navigate parenting with a lot more ease. Having this type of information gives you the tools, the tips so that you can go through life supporting your kids on their path of who they're designed to be. So outside in the world, there is tons of conditioning. There's lots of people and places and environments that might try to mold our kids into something that they've never been designed to be. And really, that's the cookie cutter model. And what human design does is it looks at each unique energetic blueprint for your kid so that you can help support and optimize all of the areas of their life. You can help them with their sleep. You can help them be able to learn better. You can help them be able to play better. And really, human design is going to give you an incredible blueprint that I don't know about you, but for me as a mom, I wish that my kids came with a blueprint because as soon as I became a mom, I was like, how in the world am I going to navigate the challenges of being a mom and navigate motherhood? And so human design is really just this beautiful blueprint, this beautiful way that we can look at our kids and all of their uniqueness and help support and optimize their journey and what their soul is truly here to do. I know for me, when human design dropped into my world, it really was a big permission slip to be bold, to step into my manifester energy, to really stop trying to be a follower or trying to go with what other people was were saying, what they were saying was right for me. And to pave my own way, which I've always wanted to do that and always kind of been on that path of carving my own path. But human design really gave me this beautiful understanding that that is what my soul is here to do. I am here to have impact. I'm here to not be the right fit for a lot of people. And so I really hope that by sharing this tool with others and sharing this tool with you as either a mom or a dad, it can give you greater understanding to not only yourself, but also to your kids and help support and guide them. And so today's podcast is going to dive into all of the things 
I put together a free video class. And what we did is we went through all of this content. But what I decided was, why not share it with all of you? Why not share it with the podcast audience? You guys, as our devoted listeners, deserve to have this information, deserve to be able to use these tools, to have these practical suggestions, just to really make your life easier. So the first thing you're going to want to do so that you can really apply all of this information is you're going to want to head to AngelaHaupt.com, which is my website. And on there, you can get a free human design chart. With human design, you will enter in the birth date of you or your child, depending on the chart that you're putting in. You're going to put in the birth date you're going to put in the birth time, so the specific time that they were born, and then also the location. And what it's going to do is it's going to create what looks like a very confusing thing with lots of numbers and arrows and colors for today's presentation. I don't want you to stress too much about what it looks like. We're just going to take that chart and really dissect and apply it to you and your life and your family. So first of all, you need to have your human design chart or the human design chart of your child or children in front of you to be able to fully participate in the information that I'm going through. Second, I created a totally free cheat sheet book that's on my website. So on there, you're going to go to the shop, you're going to download the PDF, and on there is going to give you a cheat sheet that you can fill in with the information tonight. In that cheat sheet, you'll be able to indicate, is my kid a generator or is my kid a manifesting generator? And what does that all mean? Are they a projector? And that cheat sheet is really your way of navigating today's podcast episode with confidence and with ease so that you can check off which ones apply specifically to your child. And then with that cheat sheet, you'll be able to easily access the information whenever you need it when you're supporting your kids. So you need to have those two resources in front of you, both the human design chart and then the cheat sheet so that you can properly follow along with everything that I'm talking about in today's episode. You can also find the links in the show notes. So you're going to want to make sure that you get those documents and either print them or have them handy. If you're driving right now, perhaps this would be a better episode to do when you're not driving so that you can fully absorb and record the information that's applicable to your kids. All right. Enough of talking, let's dive into HD parenting and let's give you some rock solid tools so that you can rock parenting with ease. So what in the world is human design? I've explained that yes, it takes your time, your date and your place of birth, but what does it provide you with? It really provides you with an energetic blueprint of how you are uniquely wired to thrive. So if you're trying to follow the cookie cutter model, you're going to be trying to follow somebody else's blueprint. Human design is going to show you how you can uniquely thrive by answering the questions of who am I? How am I designed to operate? And what in the world am I here to do in this lifetime? And what it does is it's going to bring together both Eastern and Western culture. So it's looking at things like ancient wisdom, your astrology, the I Ching, the chakra system, and the Kabbalah. And it 
puts with it modern science, things like quantum physics and genetics. So that's looking at your DNA so that you can create an amazing operating manual that helps with how do you make decisions? How do you cultivate relationships? How do you work with challenges, leverages your strengths and just so much more? So that's what it is. It is not like many of the other tests that are out there. Things like if you look at tests like the Enneagram, you have to answer hundreds of questions with the Enneagram and all of those are subjective responses. So depending on what you respond is going to give you a different output. Human design is very different. So yes, it shows you all of your optimization strategies, but you're not going to have to do anything. It's going to literally look at the information of when you were born and give you all of that operating manual without you ever having to answer a single question, which is what I love because so many things like your personality tests and your color tests, yes, they can give you a specific outline, but you might have so much conditioning and programming that has influenced you that the way that you're responding to those questions might be so influenced by your parents or so influenced by your school or outside sources that it might not be how you actually are designed to work. And that's why I love human design so much more than those other types of ways to get to know yourself or self-awareness tools. So what are you going to learn tonight? Number one, you're going to learn how your kid is designed to use their energy in the most effective way. Keep in mind, you can also apply this to you. Human design always starts with you as the parent understanding yourself. But today you're going to learn how it is designed, how your child is designed to use their energy in the most effective way. And just so you know, all five energy types are very different. So what works for one kid is not going to work for the other kid when it comes to energy. Number two, you're going to learn signs that your kid may be struggling and what you can do to support them in that. Each of the different energy types have different ways that they show struggle and also need different tools when it comes to supporting them. You're going to learn that tonight. You're also going to learn how your kid is designed to move, play, and sleep how your kid is designed to make the best decisions, how you can support your child's emotional well-being, the environments your kid is most likely to thrive in, and then which environments they may be sensitive to. And lastly, you're going to learn your kid's preferred learning style and how to empower them in that. So just think of having all of this information for your kid. How much easier would your life become if you had that all outlined so that you knew that, let's say, Joey needs this and Sammy needs this. And all of a sudden, the chaos in your home becomes a lot less because you're able to navigate that, support them and understand them. And as their mom or as their dad, you almost seem like a superhero because somebody finally gets them. Somebody's finally able to understand and see them in their authentic way. Because kids, they come out and they already know this. They already know how to optimize in these ways. But what happens is as parents, maybe grandparents, maybe the school system, we try to put kids into boxes and into molds. 
instead of allowing them to just freely who be who they're designed to be. And honestly, I believe that it is not our job to shape our little ones into something or into someone. It is our job to teach our kids to trust themselves, to provide a safe place for them to discover what they truly enjoy, allow them to learn how to relate to other people. It's also our job to help them learn what they're good at. What are their strengths and what are some of their weaknesses and areas that may need a little bit of improvement in this lifetime? And ultimately, it's it's our job to help them see who they are, be loved for who they are, be heard for who they are, and be appreciated for who they are. So really, this presentation in today's podcast is going to give you as the parents, the guidance and encouragement to do this. I do want to add one more thing that perhaps you are not a parent, but you are a teacher or a guide or a leader, or you work in some capacity with kids. This is going to be a game changer. Maybe you are a child's therapist, or perhaps you mentor youth. This is so beautiful as a tool and a modality that you can use to A, understand them better, but also teach them. So many kids are trying to figure out who they are. They're navigating life and unsure of that, but this can give them a really empowering way to just be who they are and understand, yes, it's okay to be like that. That's exactly how you were designed to be. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the five energy types. Now, some of you guys may be totally new to human design. Some of you, you may be listening to the podcast for a while. So you have heard other things about human design, but we're going to start there. So the five different energy types. The first one that we're going to talk about is our projectors. So our projectors are really here to focus on themselves and then wait to be invited before sharing their advice, insight, or service with other people. Because they're here to really guide us and share their fresh and unique perspectives, they are the ones that are going to show us how to improve people, projects, or systems. But what happens for projectors is as much as they have this brilliant perspective, as much as they have so much beautiful insight to share, they often, if they're not invited to share their perspective, may face defensiveness. They might also have other energy types or other people not be ready to hear their beautiful things that they want to share and so because of that, they need to be invited so that all of the other energy types can really receive their brilliance. So the way I like to describe our projectors is they're like the eagles and they are looking down on all of the other energy types, showing us a better and more effective way of doing things. But if you think about the eagles looking down and all the other energy types doing whatever they're doing, it's kind of like being interrupted, right? So you're busy doing all whatever you're doing. And then your ego swoops in and is like, oh my God, I have the best idea that you could do this or this and this. And the other energy type, so maybe a generator or manifesting generator is busy doing. And so they're not ready to listen. And for that reason, those brilliant ideas can fall on deaf ears or people that aren't ready to listen. And that's why it's so important that they share when they've been invited. And when we talk about how they can really optimize that, you're going to understand a little deeper what I'm trying to say with that piece. But a big thing for them is, yes, they can see a better way, 
But a big part of optimizing their energy isn't wasting their brilliant ideas in the wrong places. Now, they do not have their own battery. And this is really important when it comes to energy, right? So if they don't have their own battery, they're going to need to recharge more. They're not here to be the busy worker bees. They're not here to be doing, doing, doing because they don't have their battery. This means that their energy is going to have lots of ebbs and flows, lots of highs and lows. So as their parents, they are going to be the kids that need a lot of space in their days to thrive. They need a lot of alone time and a lot of time to just relax and be and rest and recharge. That is so important. Instead of trying to make them be so go, 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 like the generators and the manifesting generators, they are going to burn out really, really quickly. So For that reason, it's important that you just don't overschedule them, that you give them that space that you honor when they communicate that they need alone time or that they need space in their day. Now, when it comes to supporting your projector, it is so, so important that you take the time to invite them to share their perspective. So as your parents, if you literally look at your projector child and you ask them to share their insights and then deeply listen to what they want to say, they feel so much love and support in that moment. And so getting their insights, getting their views, getting them to really use their voice and share their perspective. You think about an eagle, they have a totally different way of operating and looking at our world. And we really want to make sure that we appreciate highlight and celebrate that and know that their insights are super important because we don't want them to not share their insights. We want to give them lots of opportunities to share and then deeply listen to what they're saying because they really value that level of communication and conversation. And the other thing that's incredibly important when it comes to supporting our projectors is you really want to highlight that their gifts are very much based on their qualities and their insights. So for example, what you could do to really highlight that is give them a meaningful, specific compliment about something you notice them doing or a perspective you notice them having. So for example, this could go something like this. I love how you are always so thoughtful and kind to your friend, Sarah. Or I love how you're always helping your brother put his shoes on. Or I love that idea that you had to add this element to our family yard sale. So you're just looking at the ways in which they're using their brilliance and the qualities within them. And you're highlighting them versus highlighting their physical achievement. So for projectors, they may not have a lot of like big physical achievements. They might never be, for example, the person that scores the winning goal at the soccer game, but they might be the person who always makes sure that all the water bottles are filled or is always making sure that all of the shoelaces are tied. That's the way that projectors operate. Okay. So just taking the time to value their gifts and see that versus looking at their way of doing things and saying that, oh, you should do it like your brother or the only thing that matters is those physical achievements. That's huge. Now, that's our projectors and some of the ways that you can support them. Let's move to our generators. A lot of you guys listening will have generators as kids and they are here to engage with the things in their 
present environment and then respond based on how lit up they feel. So our generators, they do have their own battery. They are a self-powered machine, but the only way that they can get that battery going is by doing things that light them up. They are consistent life force energy. And because they have that, they are going to be able to fuel and energize all the people around them. When they do the things that they love and they're super lit up, they literally permeate all that energy to everybody around them. And that's super important, especially for projectors, manifestors, and reflectors who do not have their own power source. So it's really, really important that they fill their life with lots of things that light them up. Does that mean they're never going to have to do chores? No. Does that mean they're never going to have to work? No. But it's really important that generators do find ways to make those things that are maybe more tedious a little bit more fun or bring a little bit more joy into that. And so generators, they are here and designed to be in the present moment, responding to what their body is telling them. And so what does that look like? I am sure you guys, if you have kids, you've seen your kids bouncing off the wall. They have so much energy. They literally are talking your ear off about something that they are crazy passionate about. And you can just see it in their body. They have that electrical charge and their body is telling them like, oh my God, I'm so lit up. So what you can do as their parents is teach them, whoa, hey, Joey, I really noticed that you are super lit up by that. You really like that, don't you? And you're bringing and using that language so that they realize that them being lit up by something is super important versus only highlighting when they're being the worker bee or getting the jobs done. You're highlighting that joy and doing things that light you up is really important. So when they're lit up, you're going to start a conversation and dive into maybe them being able to ramble on and on and about the thing that lights them up. Because think about that. That creates more energy for you and for them and maybe for the whole household, which is really important. The other thing is we really want to encourage sacral and primal noises from our generator kids. And so what this sounds like is it's almost like, ew, or Mm, it's coming right from the gut of their body. And what we can often do is we, in conditioning, we can say, oh, that's rude to be like that. Or, oh, don't respond that way. That might hurt somebody's feelings. But you're teaching them to turn off those responses in their body. That's their body giving them a very clear yes or a very clear no. And we want to really foster that within our kids so that they can learn to trust their guts in those moments. Now, the thing that really is huge for generator kids is presenting them with one option at a time. So if you look at your generator kid and you say to them, hey, what do you want for dinner? Super common question in most households. They're probably going to be like, I don't know. Right. And so what we can do to really support our generator kids is give them one option at a time so that their sacral responses will help them make the decision of whether it's a clear yes or a clear no. You look at your kid, you say, hey, do you want pizza? They can go yes or no. Do you want pancakes? Yes or no. Do you want sushi? Yes or no. And instantly you're going through their options. They can give you those clear yes or no's. But when you give them a lot of options all at once, their gut or their sacral chakra cannot respond. So it's important that you just present options one at a time. Now, one thing that's really huge for generator kids is that 
They often get a lot of praise for making everybody else happy. And you want to be careful with those people-pleasing tendencies. Often as adults, we're kind of trying to reverse people-pleasing, right? Conditioning is, especially as moms and dads, we often put other people's needs above our own. And we don't want to foster that in our kids. We want our kids to be able to say no. We want them to have boundaries and be able to communicate boundaries. We don't want them to spend their whole life trying to make everybody else happy and then end up being really drained, which often happens with generators. They end up getting jobs just out of duty. They end up not having any passions left in their life. And then they might get to being a mom or a dad. And they realize that really they've lived their whole life for everybody else, but they haven't been happy. So as their parents, it's important that you encourage them to voice their needs, to have those boundaries, to say no, and to not feel like they have to do everything for everybody else to get praise, that their joy is really important. Then we look at our manifesting generators. They are really here to be multi-passionate. They are here to help us break out of the boxes and expand our perspective of what's possible. They're a little bit of a combination of a manifester and a generator. And what they're here to do is really engage with things that are in their environment and respond to how lit up they feel. That is the same as our generators. What makes them different is they also need to inform others along the way about what it is that they're doing in case other people want to jump on board with their brilliant idea and that they get that piece from the manifester. And so when it comes to our manifesting generators, I like to say that they are here to have like 30 balls in the air and then maybe catch like three of them. So Allowing them to have a lot of projects that they start and maybe not finish is really, really supportive for a manifesting generator kid. Manifesting generator kids also need a lot of play, variety, and creativity. They might want to start something and then start something else. It's very common for manifesting generators to be bouncing all over the place. And with that, it's okay to honor that and allow that to just be the way that their energy is built to optimize. But a big piece of conditioning is allowing them not to have to finish everything. So maybe they start a painting and they decide that they don't want to finish it. What happens with conditioning is we think like, oh, if they start it, they should have to finish it. If it no longer lights them up, it's okay that they don't finish it. Maybe another sibling will come along and finish it, but maybe they won't and that's okay. But it's great as their parents to encourage them to allow them to have all those projects, to pursue all their passions, to maybe be really into something for a few months or a few years and then to not be into it anymore. It's okay for them to move on and it's important as their parents to stand by that. Now, manifesting generator kids may not naturally inform you about what they're going to do next. This is similar to our manifester kids. And so because of that, you may be surprised when they all of a sudden are starting to do things and you'll be like, "I, you didn't tell me where you were going. You didn't tell me what you were doing. You didn't tell me that you were getting up to this thing. So you might not get very far trying to tell them, oh, you need to let me know what you're doing more often. Often the manifesting generator and the manifester can have a little bit of that rebellious tendency. But what you can do as the parent is inform them more often. So this looks like letting them know the things you're doing, thinking, planning, feeling, and that will lead by example so that they can 
do the same. The more that you're starting those conversations, the more likely they are to replicate that behavior. Often kids don't listen to what we're saying. Often they're going to just replicate and lead by example based on what they're seeing within the home. And the best way that we can really support our manifesting generator kids is allow them to change their mind a lot instead of expecting them to be really consistent with their particular passions. They are here to go left and right and left and right. Their whole path in this lifetime is not going to be linear. They might do a job for seven years and then the next one for two years. They're just here to really carve their own path. And that might not look like something that's traditional because they are really going to break us out of those boxes, just like I said. So we want to really support that for them. Next is our manifestors. So our manifestors are here to be the fire starters to initiate, and they're here to use their voice to inform others about where they are, what they feel, and what they envision. Now, they're carving their own path, and they're going to create a lot of momentum around brand new ideas, and they move really quickly. Now, the thing is with manifestor kids is, and I'm a manifester, so I felt this definitely as a kid, is we believe that we know how to parent ourselves from a very young age. So it's best that you let them take the lead. What this is going to look like is letting them have a lot of choice on how they spend their energy with safe guidelines, but allowing them really a lot of choice and a lot of leadership because they are going to naturally fall into that take the lead kind of category. Now, they're carving their own path, so they might not want other people to join in on their idea or the thing that they're doing, but it's really, really important that you don't try to control them because they're just going to become rebellious. And the other thing with our manifestor kids is they are similar to projectors. They do not have their own battery. They do not have the ability to create their own energy. So what that looks like is their energy is high and low and it's going to have those ebbs and flows, just like the projector. They might push, 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 be really busy or doing a lot over a period of time. And then they might need to like rest and recover maybe for a couple of weeks. And so just supporting that and honoring that and not questioning it and not allowing them the space to do that. If you're seeing like, oh, what was what's going on? They seemed so lit up. They had tons of projects on the go. And then all of a sudden, they just want to lay on the couch and watch television for three weeks. That's very normal for manifestors. They have those cycles. And as their parents, you can really support them. Now, manifestors get these crazy powerful urges. And it's literally like when it happens, they need to take action right away. So the more that you can have those like out loud conversations about their sparks, the better. So say they're like, I'm going to build this thing and it's going to be absolutely incredible. You can start conversation. You can ask them questions. Oh, how are you going to build it? What materials are you going to use? You want to really get them building out those ideas and talking about it out loud. It's super important for manifestors to say it out loud with their big ideas versus keeping it within. Now, similar to the manifesting generators, they are not going to naturally inform you about what they're doing. I can tell you a time when I was a kid, I don't even remember what ages, but I would not tell my mom where I was going ever and it would drive her completely bananas. But naturally, as a manifester, it is not normal or natural for us to inform others. We don't want to be controlled and we don't want to be caged. But we can, again, as their parents, lead by example. The more that we inform, the more that they're more likely to inform us about what it is that they're up to. Lastly, for a manifester kid, we really need to allow them to do things on their own time 
in their own unique way, not question their big, bold ideas, allow them to just be big and also let them know that they are not going to be the right flavor for some people because they do have a repelling aura and letting them know that's okay. Just by being themselves, they will attract the right people into the world. And the more that we can encourage and support that, the better for our manifestor kids. Now, our reflectors. So our reflectors really change a lot day to day based on the moon. And they are here to really reflect each day on who they became that day based on environments and experiences. Now, because they change so much and because this is a really rare energy type, they're taking in the energy empathetically of all other people that they interact with. And so if you think about that being like a sponge in all the areas of their body, they are going to change a lot and they are going to be feeling a lot and be a little bit different each day. And for that reason, it's important that we just allow them to change. Just like the moon every day, you can teach them how you're just like the moon every day. You're a little bit different depending on the environment. The environment would be similar to like what the weather would be and where they would be in the world. And you can teach them they're just like the moon. And how beautiful is it that they're very different every day? They also do not have their own batteries, similar to our manifestors and our projectors. So their energy levels vary a lot day to day. As their parent, you can encourage and support that. Now, one of the most important things you can do to support reflector kids is to make sure that their room and home or school environment feel really supportive for them. So having conversations and cultivating those environments is really crucial. They also need a lot of alone time and they cannot be rushed to make decisions. They can sometimes take up to a month to make those really big decisions. And it's important that they go through all those phases and be able to not feel like there's a lot of pressure to become somebody they're not or to race through life the way that some of the other energy types may be able to operate. Each day should be started anew for our reflectors. So even just using that in their mantras or their affirmations, today's a new day, and just allow them to change. Every day, they're going to be totally different. And you just allowing that to be is incredibly supported. Because they're so affected by the moon, it's really beautiful for them to be able to write that down or journal. This is how they feel each day. And then kind of see how does that sync up with the moon? How does it sync up with the new moon and the full moon? And how is the impact and the energy of the moon influencing your kid? And then lastly, in terms of supporting your reflector kid, it's important that you invite them to share their point of view, allow them to change their mind, their preferences, their values, they're constantly evolving. And as their parents, the most supportive thing that we can really do for them is just allow that to be, allow them to evolve, allow them to be different and allow their life experience to really reflect and reveal the truth because they're able to take in so much energy. They're such a beautiful way for us to see, yeah, us to see them for who they are and to not have judgment just based on them being different every day. So we've talked about the five energy types. Now, each of those energy types has a different indicator when it comes to if your kid may be struggling. And the way that we look at this through human design is called your self-theme and your not-self-theme. So when your kid is in alignment and using their energy correctly, the theme or the self theme is what you're going to see. It is going to be an emotion and you're going to notice it in the 
energy and the aura of your kid. Now, if your kid's struggling, what's going to be showing up is the not self theme. So the not self theme is a feeling that a kid gets when they're struggling. And the reason why it shows up is because they're getting off track. They need to redirect their energy back to the way it's meant to be. So we use these two emotions as guideposts and using human design and that lens, each energy types has two different emotions to show their self and their not self. Now, it's not to say that they're not going to be in their not self theme. That is just part of life. You can't always be in your self theme. But the more that we see and can recognize the not self theme in our kids, the more that we can help guide them back into alignment, guide them back to their self theme, help them determine what is the thing that needs to shift or change to get me back on the path that my soul was designed to be. So we're going to talk about projectors first. Projectors, the self-theme is success. So the thing that you want to see often in what they're experiencing is success. And their not self-theme is bitterness. So bitterness is the not self-theme. Success is the is the theme. Okay, so success for a projector kid is receiving both recognition and appreciation from others for their unique insights. It is also that feeling of success in a task, a relationship, a school project. All of that is success. Kids will often be able to say that was a success or I feel successful or I feel like that was successful. And you giving them that language is really giving them the tool to know if something is working. Now, what happens when they are struggling? So projector kids often struggle with never feeling fully content where they are. There is always this like little part of them that's looking towards what's next or how things can be even better. Perfectionism is huge for projectors. So you may notice that in your projector kids and they're here in this lifetime to overcome that. But just allowing that to be and not trying to change it is the best way that we can support them. So Let's look at bitterness. So bitterness shows up as a feeling that life is unfair. You might see that your kid is getting irritated over others. Maybe they're spending too much time focusing on what's wrong. Maybe there's some resentment or jealousy of other people. Maybe they're showing a screw you or a screw that attitude. Or maybe they feel like things are that everything is out of their control. So when that's showing up, those are all signs of bitterness. So perhaps that's happening in their life. And as their parent, you can help bring them back into alignment by focusing on recognition, appreciation, and building out what feels successful for them. And so those are the two things that you're looking for. And then that will give you the red flag of, oh, hey, we need to have a chat about this thing on why they might be feeling that particular way, and then guiding them back to success. Now, let's look at our generators and our manifesting generators. They're looped together here. So their self-theme is satisfaction and their not-self-theme is frustration. So what you're looking for is your generator or your manifesting generator kid is 
feeling lit up by life. That is satisfaction. You will notice that your kid feels satisfied by the way that they use their energy. And you'll just see contentment and fulfillment when they go into bed at night. That is satisfaction. Now, Generators, they often struggle because they equate their self-worth to how hard they work. Their productivity is super connected to if they feel like they're doing enough. And that's all conditioning. But as their parents, it's important that you don't make them have to just work, work, work for things that they don't love. It's important that they also pursue their passions and that joy is something that is prioritized. Now, the manifesting generators, they often struggle with feeling like they have to pursue one path or one direction. They feel that pressure to just be in one box, but you can guide them and let them know it's okay to not be on one path or one direction. You're here to have many paths in many directions and some of them might work out and some of them may not. And all of that is fantastic. But that's what generators and manifesting generators, they struggle with that. And the last thing here is for these guys, their frustration, it's not just frustration. For generator and manifesting generator kids, frustration also shows up as annoyance, feeling stuck, like your feet are like stuck in the mud. Maybe you're noticing your kids feel blah or uninspired or bored. Maybe they are talking about, they feel like they're being pulled in many different directions all at once or being forced to do things that they don't want to do. Maybe they're feeling tired, feeling like nothing is happening, or maybe they just feel like the life is literally being sucked out of them. All of those are signs that they need to bring in more things that light them up. Maybe things that used to light them up no longer do, but they're still hanging on to continuing to do them. You as their parents can say, hey, you know what? You used to be really lit up by this thing, but you're not anymore. Let's let's get you back into alignment again. Let's get you more satisfied by your days. Let's get you more satisfied in general. And so you can help guide them back whenever you're noticing that that's showing up for them. Now, our manifestors, again, each energy type, they all are two different emotions and it shows up different depending on which energy type they are. So manifestors, their self-theme is peace and their not self-theme is anger. So peace for a manifestor kid is really getting to chill, feeling free to be whoever they want to be and being left alone to do their own thing without being bothered. Now, our manifestor kids often struggle with making themselves small to make other people feel more comfortable and less intimidated by their big, bold aura. And so you as their parents, are you're here to encourage them to, you don't have to play small. You don't have to be small so other people feel more comfortable. You're here to be the fire starter. You're here to be big. And that should be encouraged and celebrated for them. Now, the not-self theme for our manifestors, that is anger. And anger can show up as feelings of rage, maybe disturbance, annoyance at the people in the world around you. Maybe your kid is feeling like they're at the mercy of other people and their agendas, or maybe feeling like other people are trying to control their life. Maybe they're feeling caged or feeling mad about what other people have done to you, or that might even be showing up as self-doubt about your own bigness, your own abilities, and your own dreams. And so when that's showing up for them, And showing up for those kids, how do you bring them back to peace? How do you bring them back so that they're able to 
feel more freedom, to feel more of that peace, that relaxation, that that chill within them. And that might mean separating from certain relationships, separating from certain responsibilities, or giving them just more freedom so they're not feeling that level of control. Lastly, we have our reflectors. Our reflectors, their self-theme is surprise, and their not self-theme is disappointment. So surprise for a reflector kid is really them moving through life in a state of wonder, playfulness, and this like feeling of awe. Your reflector kid might feel as though there's like endless potential and possibility and depth of life and have a lot of surprise and excitement about that. Now, reflector kids, they often struggle with uncertainty and not knowing what lies ahead. And they might feel like that's really hard to navigate. So disappointment for them or that not self-theme, it shows up as letdowns about circumstances and people, as well as feeling like everything feels different and not right anymore. And when that's showing up, you're able to help them navigate that, help bring them back so that they can come back to that state of awe, that state of wonder, that ability to see the beauty in not having all of the answers. Now, when we look at all of those for each of the energy types, these are just some of the things that you want to look out for. And you may notice it's different for each of the kids. So perhaps one of your kids, it's really showing up as bitterness. And one of the kids, it's really showing up as anger. And you're trying to understand why it's so different for each of them. Often it's their energy type and the flags that you're looking for, the words and language that you're looking for, for each of them is going to be different. So instead of thinking like, why does my one kid respond in anger? Or why is my one kid often feeling blah, those are just things that you're looking for because it's going to be different signs that you're looking for in each child depending on what their energy type is. And so this is a really great tool so that you know what to look for and when to help bring them back into their self-theme. And then you can really just support them in that. And often just by supporting them in that, they can often come back to their self-theme quicker just because you're listening hearing and understanding, yeah, they're struggling. And here is why they're just out of alignment with their energy and they might need some help to come back. And that's a wrap for part one of this two-part series covering human design for parenting. So when I originally recorded this, I recorded almost two hours of incredible information for all of you as parents. And what I've decided to do is break it into two parts so that you can make it more digestible. And so next week, you will get the rest of today's episode. But for today, you're going to want to make sure that you have went to our website, that you have got your cheat sheet, that you have got your human design charts for you and all of the people in your family. And next week, we will dive even deeper into how you can use human design to optimize your parenting every single day. We will see you next week.